Welcome to From the BLN, the Burnley podcast. Well, it's Monday morning again or Sunday night as we're recording. Um, and despite me deciding I wasn't going to jinx this episode of the debrief by saying I hope we're going to be talking about something positive, um, unfortunately, we are going to be talking about something negative again, which is another Burnley defeat. And in the in the kind of midst of all that, we have become, I think, the first team since football began in 1992 to... <laughs> lose their first six home games in the Premier League. Um, so a very unwanted record, given all the records we were breaking last year. Um, but to try and pick apart what was probably, in all honesty, the best home performance and probably the most complete performance of the season, uh, Justin Connolly and Paul Woodhouse. Uh, chaps, let's start with you, Justin. Uh, yeah. Frustrating. Uh, kind of angry for different reasons coming off the turf on Saturday, weren't we? Yeah, I was actually quite angry. I was just, uh, I turned turn to Chris as we were leaving the game. I said, I, can't, I, I literally cannot believe what I've just seen. I mean, if you if you kind of take it out of the context of the run of form that we've had at home, um, you know, it was just one of those games, wasn't it, where we were like massively on top, totally dominated in every department. We just couldn't get that goal. And then, you know, as as per usual, we uh, kind of gifted them um, two goals. I mean, like like, like I said before, I, I I can't remember them really being in an hour half apart from the two times that they, they scored. Um, so it was really, really disappointing and frustrating, but at the same time also quite... Um, I'm... I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic. I was angry, like in the immediate aftermath of the game, that we couldn't put that one to bed because we definitely should have done. But then, you know, as you as you sort of begin to process it, you sort of think, well, you know, it certainly felt different to the kind of performances that we've seen where we haven't been in the game at all. Uh, I know perhaps the opposition were wasn't quite as good as the opposition we've been used to playing, but we were in the game for the whole match. We were. We were dominating in all areas, apart from the one that really counts, and that's that's the real big frustration, isn't it? Yeah, and it is that creating of quality chances, isn't it, Woody? In terms of, you know, you look at the stats, and you would you you would think that you know whoever was in charge of putting the graphic together had got the score the wrong way around, and it yeah. did feel like when that first goal went in, that was their first venture over the halfway line because we were just penning and back, penning and back corners. But ultimately, it is about scoring goals, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. They were supremely clinical and we were supremely wasteful. And that's the story of it, isn't it? I think, for me, it felt like almost like a, a complete performance from the Championship last year. However, the difference being that 
our, you know, you would have expected against Rotherham, etc. We'd have run out, winning two one, having scored a couple in the last five. But there was no, obviously, uh, such a turnaround against Crystal Palace, and that's and that's how brutal it was, really. That we've, you know, huffed and puffed, and I thought we huffed and puffed very well. We didn't just have that fifteen to twenty minutes, and then it all fall by the wayside. We carried on. We weren't quite as passive. There was still a little bit of passivity going into the second half, but even towards mm. the end of the second half, we did feel to up the ante again. And we put a shift in. And so I think I think it, we were quite happy to see that. But yeah, we're going to obviously struggle if we can't even create the chances, never mind put them away. And so, yeah, it was a a double-edged, a double-edged sword coin type thing, wasn't it? We'd asked for commitment. We'd asked for a bit of bite. We'd asked for mm. a bit of urgency. And we kind of got a bit of all that. But that urgency yeah. perhaps needed turning up another notch. I mean, I've just watched Luton versus Liverpool, and that's that is almost the kind of perfect way to play as a promoted club. You know, the, yeah. there seems to be a bit of fear within us at the minute. We're kind of like, you know, I mm. described it as tippy twatty before we came on air. <laughs> but it is that kind of doing too much when actually you just need to be more clinical and. Like, like Woody said, you know, there's positives, isn't there? There's, there's kind of you said you were a bit more optimistic. It's yeah. becoming clear that it's probably a four-team mini league: us, Luton, Sheffield United, and Bournemouth. Are we yeah. good enough, based on Saturday's performance, if we can get consistency to come out on top of them four? I, I think so. I mean, like I said, it did feel to me like there was a different sort of sense to the way we were playing. I agree with you that there was a bit more intensity there, but the the there was a there was a certain lack of urgency in that second half when we were when we were only one nil down. We should have been putting them to the sword there. We should have been really because we dominated possession so much. We had so many, you know, fairly decent chances. You know, good good Monson, You know, had a had a, had a decent um, opportunity that perhaps a, a more clinical finisher might have put away. Jay Rod had that header, which was you know it was a decent save. You know, there were. I think we had 17 shots at goal, uh, which is probably more than we've had in all the other games at home put together. Um, and the, the changes that were forced on us, I think, with, without Cullen there, we kind of played a midfield diamond, didn't we? It's a different formation to what we normally play. Like Berger was sort of sat at the at the base of it, and Brownhill up up top. I, I I think that's probably the wrong way around. I like. I, I thought. I think Berger's getting better with every single game that he plays and showing. Um, a lot of a lot of drive. He's, he he was the one when he got the ball and he started driving forward with it and bringing the wide players into it. He was the one who was really upping the tempo a little bit. Aside from him, there was a lot of sort of tapping it around um, across across the line out on the edge of the box. And you know when you've got when you've literally got ten players to 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 try and thread it through, and they're all in the eighteen yard box, it it, it, it makes it very difficult, doesn't it? We, we we did a lot better when we got it out wide, particularly to Collier Show. Obviously, he's um, you know he, he scares the, the life out of him. Still not really hundred percent producing. Uh, you know, uh, he needs to get some more assists under his belt, and I, I, I think he should be he should be scoring some goals given his pace and the, and how he can go past people. Um, are we are we good enough to get? I mean, it, I I think I think. 
we need to start getting some points on the board, obviously, because I've said before that we we don't want to get a drift of the pack, and that that's sort of not quite happening yet because there's like you said, there's four of us down there. We're only one win away from getting out of the uh, the bottom three, but it's a long way up to Everton now. I think they're about seven points ahead of us, which is you know that's three games, isn't it? And if that gap starts getting a bit getting wider, then we we could be in in some serious trouble. We need to we need to start before, before you still need to be in touch at Christmas, don't you? Hopefully, reinforcements arrive in January and we improve. Um, on the evidence of of Saturday, I would say yes, we've got what it takes to pick up points against these side sides. Whether we've already forfeited too many of those points to these sides that we should be beating, I'm not sure, but. Improvement, yes, but like we keep saying every week, don't we? We need to start seeing some points. Yeah, and and would it? I mean, Justin talked about uh, being in touch at Christmas. You know, again, don't want to keep harking back to the European season and as going into that. You know, coming out of the Everton game on Boxing Day with only twelve points, but. He's, he's right, isn't he? Whilst we are still in touch and Forrest have, have, have beaten Villa this weekend, which pushes them beyond us. You know, they were already quite a bit beyond us and it's pushed us further. Um, it, there were positives and you just feel that, I don't know, if we stop chopping and changing, you know, you'd almost like to see that lineup if if fit, continue to kind of build because we talked on mm. Friday's podcast about building relationships between fullbacks and wingers. There is signs there that this lineup and this system that he chose could keep us in touch at Christmas and then be added to in January to then kind of go on the, the, the kind of run we need to pull us clear, isn't there? Yeah, I don't agree with any of that. And I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm always a bit loath to use the word look and what have you. But I think we have been slightly unfortunate with how we've obviously had, you know, red cards at the wrong time, we've had injuries at the wrong time to key players, etc. And if we can just align some of that and get Ekdal and Bayer both fit, both playing, getting a little bit of a run. And like you say, if we can get a little bit of a run going in terms of the um, side as a whole and see yesterday as more of a, a lower benchmark as to how we should perform, then I think, I'm not going to say we're going to be all right. I think we're going to, you know, at least compete because there are going to be at least those four teams are going to be there and thereabouts at Christmas. Somebody else will get dragged into it like they always do every year, mm. you know. And I think, fingers crossed, should 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 things start going the right way and we sign the players that we all spoke about signing uh, during the summer, then I think we've got a then we've got a chance. But if it carries on the way it has done then we're just going to find, you know, find ourselves cast adrift and we'll be talking about this ad infinitum for God knows how long. And we, we mentioned, you know, Woody mentioned Bayer there and Ekdal. We know Ekdal came mm-hmm. through an hour on Saturday for the under-21s, which is, you know, as good a sign as we've we've seen. Also, Oberfemi and and um, a few others there in, turn of, uh, in terms of um, returning to fitness, dark or churling off, people like that. So there are options coming back. Um, but just on Bayer, I mean, he, he obviously gave away the, the error mm-hmm. for that first goal. Um, I, he looked gutted, didn't he? I mean, you could see, yeah. I don't know if you could see it on TV, Woody, where, where you yeah. were, but he, oh, he was literally yeah. just kind of, you know, ahead in, he was distraught. Yeah. Um, but the promising thing was, is that A, we didn't collapse and mm-hmm. suddenly 
concede a second straight after. And B, he didn't really let it affect him, did he? I mean, I think O'Shea or somebody went over to him, slapped him on, you know, slapped him on the back and said, look, pff, come on. He's come out on Instagram and said, look, that's all on me. I apologise completely my cock up. It, it, it goes back to that decision-making, though, doesn't it? Because all he needs to do, and we saw him do it in the championship, is yeah. just stick it in the stand. Stick it in the stand, retreat. But he's kind of got his feet in a mess. You know, mm. he's not played for a while, obviously. But it was, that back four, for me, looked a lot better with mm. Bear in there, didn't it? It felt like it had a structure. that You know, the second goal we'll talk about in a minute, but... That was quite pleasing, and uh, you know, Woody, I agree with Woody. I hate talking about luck, but it does feel like right. Well, we've got one of us who we think is going to be the first choice centre halves back. We think Ekdal might be the yeah. second. It, it just felt a lot more secure, didn't it? And you know, again, dare I say, it, without Cullen, it felt a little bit less cumbersome in that midfield. Yeah, definitely did. I thought I, seeing Bayer on the team sheet was uh, must have been a real sort of boost for the whole for the whole team. Um, I don't know, Alderkill wasn't even on the bench, was he? I don't know whether he was injured or whether he's just been taken out of the firing line, as we sort of suggested last week. He might need just to just to regroup himself a little bit because he's looking a bit a bit nervy. I think you know, obviously, it's a mistake. Um, it's a mistake that they punished really well. You know, they took that goal really well, didn't they? It wasn't a given that, you know, there, there was still some work to do after he got the ball off off Bayer. Um, and it was a great finish. Well, those are the kind of mis- those are the kind of things that are going to happen when you play the way that we play with knocking the ball around at the back and trying to find openings, you know, building from, from your centre-backs. You know, he could have he smacked it into the stand, of course, but you don't know. He's probably been told, you know, we don't do that. We try and keep the ball as best we can um and i think like there was something about the 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 solidity and the compactness of the of the midfield when we when we had the ball that allowed the fullbacks to get a little bit further forward vitinho was more or less playing like a a right winger for for much of the game with good monson coming inside a little bit it just seemed so much more solid and there was so much more protection for the for the that, that center back pairing and um, we just got the ball forward more, but and I, and I think he's hit. I think you know it was what we said it before, didn't we? Uh, in the preview game, we we kind of seem it feels a little bit like we're stumbling around trying to hit upon a com- hit upon a combination that's going to work, and that the combination that we arrived at f- for Saturday's game almost by chance because Cullen would have been in the starting lineup, no doubt, if if he hadn't been suspended. Almost by chance, we've 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 seem to have hit upon something that kind of seemed to work, whether that's to do with Bayer being back and and, and organising everybody a little bit better or or whether it's that midfield diamond that he played that allowed us to have that sort of compact, you know, uh, system in the centre there. I don't think Cullen gets straight back into the side after that game. He wouldn't do for me anyway. I imagine that company might think differently about that. But I, I think you're right, Greasy. I think we've got something to build on there, something that, you know, they should come away from that game with, without the confidence being dented. They should come away from that game with the confidence growing a little bit because, you know, they, they've they've played a side who, who's, who I think, I'm not sure how many points Palace have got, but they're certainly, is it 12 maybe? They're, they're in that pack above us anyway, aren't they? They're, they're sort of, they will be quite happy with the number of points that they've amassed. And we've totally blown them away 
in all departments apart from the one that counts. So confidence should be coming from that. And if we can start building those partnerships that we talk about, if we can start getting a little bit of um, consistency with how we play and a bit of identity and a bit of, uh, you know, a, a, a way of playing, uh, I think that's what we need now more than anything else. We don't want to be chopping and changing again. We don't want to be, um, you know, making uh, selections out of left field to try and confuse people, which seems to be the policy. We just need to build on what we did on Saturday and add a little bit more aggression, a little bit more urgency, and we need that. We need that clinical finisher. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's also worked. You know, no, no, I was just going to say. I mean, that, that you know, that chopping and changing is kind of what's killed us, isn't it? And some of it's been forced with injuries, but you know, you almost just want somebody just to kind of, you know lock Vincent in a room for the next seven days and just kind of playing that video on loop to show him the kind of potential that that team has. Yeah. You know, I agree with Justin. I half think he'll bring Cullen back in because he does, mm -hmm. you know, he does appear to have his favourites and he's trusted lieutenant. But, mm. you know, there is something you can hang your hat on. It felt a bit more like an identity, didn't it, on Saturday? Yeah. Um, but I, I do also think we've got to be a, a little bit careful with how we approach this as, as whether it was Burnley imposing themselves on the game on Saturday or mm. the fact that Palace just didn't come to play. Very rarely do you see a side turn up and do as little as they actually did on Saturday. It was quite bizarre how, you know, how they just stood off us and let us do whatever. So there was, you know, they weren't really mixing and matching it anywhere, were they? Apart from maybe that first goal when, they, you know, to bear off the ball, etc. The rest of it was staggeringly passive, and, you know. Uh, mm. So I'd like to see how this translates into a little bit more of a competitive um, afternoon, and then we can talk about that. Mm. Yeah, and of course we've got an easy trip to Arsenal next week, just haven't we? I know. <laughs> Um, it's, you know, yeah. just it's the it's the one game. You know, you want to you want a competitive game where they don't come much more competitive. I mean, they they obviously have a, a you know it's all kicked off at Arsenal with you know Arteta being unhappy. I mean, he's always unhappy, isn't he? I mean, he's whinging about the <laughs> length of the bloody grass at Turf Moor a couple of years ago. You know, mm. I, I think he's got a bit of a point with the VAR goal yesterday at Newcastle. I have to say, but I mean, they I mean they look a good side, unbeaten until yesterday. You know, yeah. we keep talking more in hope than expectation of us getting one of our famous giant killing wins that we always get in the Premier League. Uh, you just don't see us really, do you? Getting anything no. at the Emirates? I, I know when we had Joe on last week, he was talking about you beat Palace and suddenly you get a point at the Emirates. We didn't beat Palace. Could we get anything <laughs> at the Emirates? Yeah, well, it seems highly unlikely, doesn't it? They're they're a great side. They're they're going to be challenging for the title this season again, aren't they? And uh, they've got some fabulous players, and we're away from home. It seems I keep I hate saying this, but it's like another one of those free hits that we have, isn't it? That where we can just sort of go and play when nobody's expecting us to do anything. Everybody is expecting us to lose heavily. You know, maybe that maybe a little bit of confidence from Saturday's performance carries over, and with a bit, of, we. I always say this: you don't know what's going to happen. 
that's why we actually have to go and play the games. If we decided what what the league position at the end of the season was based on what we think is going to happen, then there'd be no point in playing, would there? So the, the, you never say never. There's always a chance. Um, it seems unlikely given our our sort of form at the moment, but you know we've played. We, we the point all the points we've got have been on the road, albeit at teams that aren't quite of the stature of, of Arsenal. But um, never say never. Um, and and if if we can carry some of the form that we showed on Saturday through into that game, um, then you know there's always a chance until we give away a goal in the first five minutes. There's always a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Woody, I thought I thought Justin there was was as he was pouring himself into the glass of wine was um, going to be completely uh, pessimistic, but quite optimistic. I mean, you've been the optimistic one over the last couple of podcasts. Can can you see us getting anything at Arsenal? Don't be daft. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yes, no. I've, I've, I've genuinely genuinely no idea. Genuinely no idea. I think we'll probably do exactly the same as we have done. Uh, Every single game so far. Um, Kolios will scare the living bejesus out somebody for 20 minutes. Um, then they'll go and score. Then we'll huff and puff for a little bit. And then uh, we'll lose 3 or 4 1. And <laughs> that, that's, that, that's, what, that's what you put your money on. However, you know, there's always, there's, always, there's always something that can happen. There's always something weird that can happen. And like you say, if we can, if we can actually start looking, you know, Take these performances and keep at it, build on it. Like we said, get a little bit more of the rub of the green in our direction. Then we'll start. We, we, there's a very good chance that we'll start picking something up with regards to that. But it would be very nice sooner rather than later for them to be able to put a marker down and put a performance in against the likes of an Arsenal where they can at least come off and at least see something, some kind of reward for what they've put in of an afternoon. I think that will work absolute wonders for everybody concerned. I'm not mm. overly hopeful. Not overly hopeful. Mm. No. Yeah. But I mean, I, I guess we've we've also got, you know, we've we got an international break. It's I think it's the third international break of the season already. Um, after that, we've then got West Ham at home, which of course is our first flag game. So we've got the, the 200 free flags uh, going to be creating that atmosphere we've been we've been craving. Um, <laughs> let's just kind of address at the end. There, there were a few boos at the end of the game. Mm. It, it felt a bit weird because it was kind of after all of the performances where you know you, you perhaps would expect us to boo. I mean, we've talked a couple of times about unacceptable second half, Justin. Mm. It felt slightly weird hearing did, some yeah. boos at the final whistle on. On Saturday, didn't it? I mean, the atmosphere I thought was was pretty good throughout. Yeah, I I thought it was great throughout. I, I thought I thought to myself, there's not there's no there's no need for a, a drummer. There's no need for any flags here. They got right behind the team. There was plenty of plenty of noise, plenty of atmosphere. I think the booze at half time were a little bit reflective of the fact that we just conceded that that second goal. I sort of I I'm right that off. I mean, that wasn't a two nil defeat. Um, you know that that last goal was more or less the last kick of the game, wasn't it? The second goal, yeah. and and he'd sort of um, he sort of took, taken bear off, hadn't he? And uh, he brought my trezor on for the last few minutes. So we he was just he he just rolled the dice there to try and get an equaliser in that last bit of injury time. 
So I'm not. I don't count that last goal. That's just. It was a, just a one nil defeat for me. Uh, that game. So I'm, and I think oh, because that goal came so close to the end, yeah, there was a bit of a mass exodus actually when that goal went in. A lot of people yeah. when I, I when the final whistle went, I looked around the ground. It was already pretty empty, and I thought I was, I was a bit disappointed at that because I thought I, I thought they deserved better after that performance. I thought it was it was a performance that that. Um, that should have been rewarded with a little bit more respect from the fans, I think, because um, to, to my mind, it was different. It was better. You know, it, the, the, the the net result was the same, but like I say, taken out of context of the run of form, I think there would have been more sympathy for the players rather than, you know, anger. I sort of think the anger might have been directed more at the manager than the players, because I think the players did put a shift in. I think, I think, we're just a bit sick and tired of getting drubbed at home, aren't we? And that and that sort of eventually is always going to boil over to 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 you know people being upset about it. Um, but yeah, that was a bit disappointing. I thought the atmosphere was 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 good enough. You know, we, that, they gave us something to work with. Um, you know, there was there was a little bit of a little bit of frustration at the lack of urgency and a little bit a little bit of frustration at the fact that we didn't. You know, we didn't we didn't really go for the jugular when we could have done. We, there was just a lot of, yeah. a lot of tippy tapping about, but you know, it was a bit unfair, I think, to to boo them at the end. Um, <clears throat> I certainly wasn't doing that, and I think um, it, it, I, I don't think it helps. I don't I don't think the, the players won't be going off the pitch thinking, you know, yeah, we deserve that. The players were going, you know, we gave everything there, and we played quite well. Um, and it's it's a shame, um, but I, I hope that doesn't affect the confidence because going forward they're going to need they're going to need uh, you know to keep that confidence intact and build on it. Definitely, I mean there were some positives. I, I mean I was a bit I, I always go on up the Clarets message board to look at the player ratings and and the, you know the, quite a lot of low scores from mm. you know from some people, but but uh, would it? Overall, very few players actually put a foot wrong. And I, I say that in the context of there's obviously a, an error from Bayer for the first goal and an error from uh, O'Shea, you know, for the, the yeah. goal Justin's not counting. So I'll add that to the fact that we won at Forest and we're a lot better off than we actually yeah. think we are. But individually, the players all kind of did their job, didn't they? There was, you know, Vitinho, I actually thought, probably had one of his betting games, shall we say, filling in at um, at, uh, at right back again, so kept his place and, and looked to try and get forward. You know, Brownhill, apart from his abysmal set pieces, which we need to find an answer for, you know, had that energy that we, we look for, kind of came in and out of the game perhaps, but, you know, Taylor looked decent. I think O'Shea probably had one of his his better games because he was allowed to just do the defending stuff when asked upon. Trafford really had very little to do, you know, possible red card offence for the, the challenge on him. Looking at the replay, you know, if you're a big club, you kind of get them. And that, that again, perhaps changes the game slightly. But individually, I, there's very few players you could dig out on that performance, is there, Woody? I totally agree with you 100%. And as Justin was saying, and as Vincent said in his press release, uh, in his press release, his press conference afterwards, you know, he wasn't counting a second goal either. That was a one-nil mistake. 
you know, it should have, you know, arguably it should have been zip zip. But um, yeah, I thought I thought that was one of the better games we've seen with O'Shea. Maybe he does perform better with a better centre half with him in a pairing. Maybe that's the kind of a centre half that he is. Um, but I think yeah, across the board, really, there was nobody that you could really single out as having a, an absolute shit out by any stretch. I mean, yeah, J. Rod's legs are looking older than we might have anticipated. But um, <coughs> other than that, I thought Amadou, I thought Amadouni and Kaliosho both had two very good uh, games, and I think Kaliosho is improving week on week. Is 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 contributing more. Yes, everybody says everything about his end product and all that kind of business. And maybe he wants to look. He wants to look at that first goal as to what to do with a breakaway. Have a look. Slide roll pass. There you go. Don't just whack it into the middle for no apparent reason and hope it balloons off somebody. You know there was. You know there was a method to their madness with that first goal. And I think just that, just understanding how to be a little bit more clinical and better decision making, and that'll that'll come. That'll come. But I thought. To a man, pretty much. Yeah, we're not saying there were any eight out of tens, maybe not so many seven out of tens, but there was some strong six, six and a half out of ten across the board. I thought they were solid as a unit yesterday. And uh, yeah, fair play to them. Yeah, I'd completely agree with that. I I would also say that um, I think for, for many years under Sean Dash, Johan Goodmanson was, has been our, as uh, the player that we, that's had the most quality. And I think he's still showing that now. Mm-hmm. I think when he's in the side, we've got, you, you say, I mean, I agree with you about Brown Hill's uh, set pieces. Very rarely do his corners get beyond the first man. And I, I just think Goodmanson is, has got that delivery that just gives you that little bit of an edge. Uh, and he brings so much more quality into that midfield when he gets on the ball. Um, so I'd like to see, I'd like to see him on more set pieces. Um, and I think Sander Berger is also growing in stature with every game. He's becoming more influential in games. He's becoming more influential um, in the, you know, within the context of the team. But I would like to see him playing playing further up the pitch. I know he's a he's a big man. He's a, he's a, as Chris described him as we were watching the game. He's a real unit, but he's got the quality, hasn't he? And he's I, I think he's much more effective when he's playing in that. You know, in that top end of the pitch. So I'd like to see him. I don't. I don't want too many changes from that. From from that team. I, I, I'd like to see him given the chance to to play um, against Arsenal. Um, and, and as far as Trafford goes, he do, he doesn't seem he doesn't seem confident to me. And the this distribution was was laboured and slow. There were you know. Having 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 been to Goodison on Wednesday night and seen Murich pinging it about from the back without any sort of hesitation with the quality that he's got, it just seems like the sort of pace and the and um, and the urgency that we move forward with um, when when Trafford is in goal, he's playing short passes out to the to the centre halves who are then passing it out to the wide players who are then. With Murich in goal, it pings straight out to the wide players, and they've just got that little bit of extra time before they get closed down to to move it on forward. It just seems like that that pace and that sort of that's the the speed of movement up the pitch is much faster when you've got a keeper who can do that. And I think that's the only thing that I would say is missing. 
also, I don't know what you guys think, but we had five wingers on 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 the bench, and every single one of them got on the pitch apart from Anasaruri. I'm still totally baffled by that. Totally baffled by the fact that he's not getting a kick. Yeah, I mean, we we were discussing that um, in the stand in terms of two things with the substitutes, really. Three things. One, I think they came about 10 minutes too late mm. and we made the wrong substitutions. I, th- I think Kaliosha and Amdouni were just getting a little bit of joy down that left-hand side, that kind of interchange and getting to the byline. You know, and Collie also did really well. You talked about kind of just smashing it in, which he's, you know, he's been prone to. But the cut back for Goodmanson was really measured and it looked good and things yeah. like that. And um, no Jack Cork on the bench. And mm. when Sander Berger would, was limping, you kind of thought, oh, mm. shit, we've no centre mid on the bench. And Zorori not getting on. Woody, you know, I know we can't read too much into, you know, Vincent's way of doing things because, you know, he baffles us pretty much every game with his selections. But it does feel weird that a player who was so instrumental last year, albeit slightly quiet after the World Cup, is really struggling to get a foothold apart from against the likes of Salford when he was superb and set up all four goals. Exactly. But it was Salford, wasn't it? I mean, like... That we, we we don't know week in, week out. We don't know, for example, whether the corks, etc., whether they were injured, were left out, whatever whatever there was going on. But it always seems there's always something which seems to raise a little bit of a, a question mark in every single selection. And then again, like as we progress through the game, you know, the substitutions sometimes a little bit off, like you were saying, it would felt 10, 15 minutes too late which this season seems to have been summed up by 10, 15, 20 minutes too late and the second half's gone. And I don't know, I would like a lot more proactive um, consideration from Vincent in some of this. I think it's time that he started impressing himself on, on, on games a little bit more than he, than, he, than he has been doing in terms of game management. But yeah, Zerure, no idea. No idea what that's about. You know, I genuinely don't know. But like you say, he wasn't quite the same player after he came back to the World Cup, um, whatever that was due to. Um, and maybe that red card, maybe he would have played more apart from that. I don't know. Mm. Um, maybe it's Kolyosho. He really, you, you can't be good Kolyosho starting down the left-hand side, having that berth. But I, yeah, I don't necessarily know what's going on there, really. Yeah, I um, I just I forgot the other player who played in the under twenty ones. Of course, he's already we've we've been crying out for Manuel Benson. Also got sixty minutes. So him, um, Ekdal, uh, Michael Obafemi, and, and Manuel Benson all got fifty minutes. Uh, Egan mm. Riley and Darko Cherlin have completed the full ninety. I think so. Um, you know, Woody talked right at the start about you know not wanting to talk about luck, but having kind of um, unfortunate run with injuries. It, it, it's good to see Benson also getting back because I think, again, he is that player who we expected to make that step up and, and things like that. But uh, uh, let's leave it there because we are, I, I don't think anyone needs to be any more depressed on a Monday morning commute to work, <laughs> let's be honest. Um, we, we've tried to be as positive as we can. We've picked out lots positives. We're a bit more hopeful despite the defeat. We have got Arsenal next weekend. We, 
we'll be back on Friday with a preview of that and I'm sure we'll be chatting about what 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 kind of PR on goal the club um you know the club do this time we will all have to buy his own cushions or something to sit on gold seats and we won't be true fans there'll be something what we know they will be um but until Friday uh don't forget to follow, rate, like, share, etc., etc. Uh, follow us on social media at BO Podcast. Um, and do ask us any questions. You know, we might get into another kind of reader mailbag on 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 this week's episode as well if we if we can't find anything else to be positive about. But uh, until then, enjoy the week, uh, and we'll see you soon up the Clarets. Jimmy McElroy, Go.